Welcome to Food Safety University, episode 15, and today we are talking about measuring and monitoring devices. This is part two of our procedures set of podcasts. This is going to be great. It's going to have a ton of great information, so pens and paper, everybody. Welcome to the Food Safety University podcast presented by Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele of Dirigo Food Safety. Tune in to learn food safety in plain English. We will break down the ins and outs of the food code, HACCP plans, you name it. We make food safety simple, easy, and even fun. Now here is your host, Dr. P. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another fabulous episode of Food Safety University. It's been a crazy week here. I have been doing foreign supplier verification programs. I think I've probably had one person call um, like every day this week for foreign supplier verification. So either the economy is picking back up or the FDA is cracking down or both are happening. So that's been super, super fun to do. We're doing lots of other great things around here. Food Safety University is open and enrolling. It's an amazing course, um, and we've got some great uh, bonuses and benefits uh, for that are going to be coming up. Uh, um, if you go visit us at www.foodsafetyuniversity.com, and download our 12 steps of HACCP. We've got a pretty awesome special bonus uh, for anybody that signs up within 48 hours of getting the download. So go check it out. Um, it is a snowy, snowy, snowy day here in Ohio. And I, uh, yeah, I'm a little sick of snow. I would like to start thinking about spring planting and I would like to start thinking about getting outside to play tennis. And um, instead I'm watching snowflakes come down. And so, I don't know, we probably have like, probably more than a foot of snow um, now. And, and But hey, you know, this time I keep looking at my Facebook memories and the snow piles are not higher than the minivan. You know, the kids can't slide down the, the, the snow piles and the plow piles. So there's that. <laughs> but I do know we have plenty of listeners in Texas and my heart goes out to you. I am, I, I'm really sorry for everybody who lives in the Sun Belt, who's experiencing these temperatures, because I tell you what, when I lived in Georgia, I have never been so bleeding cold as 40 degrees and raining in Georgia, because like the houses down there, they just don't have the the capacity to hold in the heat. The windows are very, it's, they're all designed to like get rid of the heat, which they do in the wintertime too. So, um, you know, furnaces and insulation and non-drafty windows are really kind of not a thing. So, Really sorry about that for everybody down there, um, but our, we are sending we are sending warm, comfortable thoughts to you. So today's uh, podcast episode is about measuring and monitoring devices, and this is kind of a fancy way of saying calibration and how we know the things we use to measure the things we use to measure our food are actually working well. Wouldn't that be nice? Now. The way we do everything around here is we do a risk analysis, we write a risk-based policy, then we have a standard operating procedure, and then we go and validate it, okay? And so your first question around your risk analysis is, what's your risk of your measuring and monitoring devices going out? Your risk may be higher than you think if you've never gone in and done a validation. 
right? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, about doing a validation, that's why you need to join Food Safety University because I'm. this is the only course on the internet where you can get all of this information all in one place, okay? So you've got to go and you've got to, you've got to measure um, whether or not your measuring and monitoring devices are doing what you think that they are doing, okay? And if you've never done that, your risk of not knowing what the heck is going on kind of high, uh, right? And and so in your in your risk analysis, your risk of, of things not working the way you think they're supposed to work, especially if you have things like pH meters or water activity meters or anything like that, can be higher than you think, okay? So I want you to sit down and I want you to think about what your risk analysis actually is. And this is, you know, this is one of those things where where this is what we do in office hours, right? If you really don't know what your risk of your measuring and monitoring devices not working is, come on over to office hours um, uh, as part of Food Safety University and we'll talk about it. So the next, once you've determined what your risk is, you've got to determine what your risk policy is, okay? Because, you know, this is all, this is all predicated on you having a hazard and risk-based food safety program with preventive controls and crit critical limits and, and other things that need to be measured, right? If you store anything in a refrigerator, you have devices that measure and monitor, or else why would you store things in the refrigerator, right? Because it keeps it cold, but it's your measuring and monitoring devices to let you know whether or not things are actually gold. Um, okay, so there are lots of things that you have to do. You have to keep track of all of your measuring and monitoring devices. There are some very specific ways that I teach how to do that. You have to um, make sure that um, everything is not only calibrated, but calibration checked. Calibrated means it goes back to the factory. Calibration checked means that you know that it's working on the day that you use it. Everything needs to have their own standard operating procedures, and you've got to maintain logs around what, um, what you've done with the measuring and the monitoring devices and then plus everybody's got to be trained so a lot of y'all have somewhat complicated electronic measuring and monitoring devices and it's not at all clear to me that that everybody who's using them knows how to use them or knows when they're supposed to be calibrated okay and when they're supposed to be accuracy checked and most places do not have documented training tied to their risk analysis, their risk policy, and their standard operating procedure that you can then go show an auditor saying, okay, this is how we use this particular measuring and monitoring device. And this is how we know the person is trained. Because remember, like what we talked about um, in the first section of um, of this of this procedure, sort of, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing this as I, I think of it as a unit. So this is this is the second podcast in the unit. The first podcast in the unit was on training to competence. Okay, again, you can't train people to competence if you don't know what you're supposed to be training them on. All right, and you've got to list all of that stuff out with your measuring and monitoring devices. Um, and do you have that listed out? Because you kind of might not. And that happens, I totally get it. But there, you know, you gotta, you gotta go back and do that. 
Okay, so that is, you know, so that's the that's the risk analysis. Then the question is, is all right, so we have our we have our risk analysis, and you know, you fall wherever it is that you fall on your risk analysis, and you create your risk-based policy on that about what you're gonna do for your um, in your company around mitigating any risks that you have for calibration. And from that, you've got to go write your SOP. And so your SOP is going to document out how often things are going to be calibrated, how often things are going to be calibration checked. All right. And then in the SOPs that I write, we have the actual calibration procedures. Now, you can write your own work for, you know, your own work instructions for calibration procedures. I tend to put these all, all in one um, um all in one SOP. And there are some things to remember. Okay. A lot of what everybody calibrates is thermometers. If you have thermometers going in cold uh, products or cold refrigerators or, or chillers or whatever, you've got a calibration check those thermometers in ice water. If you have thermometers that you're using to measure hot items, you've got a calibration check those in hot water and please for the love of god remember water boils at a different temperature depending on your altitude <laughs> okay <laughs> so you've got to you've got to know whether or not um whether or not you're um you are compelled um to adjust your your boiling temperature based on your altitude Okay, so that's thermometers. Then we've got scales. There are lots of different kinds of scales. You know, we sell we sell slaughterhouses, so um, I have I have procedures on um, how you weigh, essentially using a winch system, um, and and that weight. I mean, weights and measures. I have to tell you, your Department of Weights and Measures is very interested on how you do winching um and how you are measuring and tearing and um what you're using for your your weight ranges and your weight segments so that you know that you are um within your tolerances okay you've got to decide what your tolerances are <laughs> Okay, your tolerances on your monorail weight system scale, like that's coming coming off your um, coming off your uh, your winch if you're um, if you're weighing on a on a rail system, it, your tolerance may be more than your tolerance on a because just because the units are larger, maybe more than your tolerance on something like your pH meter. Okay. So pH meters tend to have low tolerances, again, for pH. Most of the time when we're measuring pH, we're measuring low pHs, okay? Um, and if that is the case, you have to calibration check in a low pH solution. You can't be measuring high pHs with a low pH meter. I think most people who are doing that probably understand that, but it's incredibly important to reiterate that. Okay, so then, so that's pH. Um, you've got to, you've got a calibration, you've got to get your pH meters calibrated and you've got to calibration check those water activity meters. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me what water activity meters I recommend. I know a lot of people use pockets. I get no kickback from that. Um, but I know, um, I know that, that there are plenty of people who have had, um, lots and lots of success with a pocket. 
all of these sorts of items they come with um they, they they should come if you're doing regulated production these these items need to come with a calibration certificate you may have to pay more for it um but it, that's the sort of thing that you need to under to, to 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 prove that you are calibrated and then how you do your calibration checking is dependent on what sort of water activity meter or ph meter or whatever it is that you are um, that you are doing, okay? Your measuring and monitoring devices also have to be used the right way, the same way every single time you are using them. So, does your measuring and monitoring standard operator procedure not only include directions for calibration, calibration checking, but also for use? So, I don't want to tell you the number of times I have seen people just measure the pH wrong. All right. This has pretty serious implications for food safety. You cannot be measuring your pHs wrong. You can't be measuring your weights wrong. I was once with a client and um, they had, they were essentially short weighting because their, their scale hadn't been calibrated. I promise you that your consumer cares whether or not they are short getting short weighted. Um, and your state cares whether or not you're getting short weighted. You have to put accurate weights out into the commercial food stream. Okay, guys, so that is what we got for measuring and monitoring devices. Do your risk analysis, do your risk-based policy, then write your standard or operating procedures so that it's got calibration, calibration checking, and the standard operating procedure, and then go in and 90 day validate it like we talked about. So. If all of this is like, holy shit, Dr. P, I don't even know how to do this. That's why Food Safety University exists. So come on over and join us. Links in the uh, in the show notes uh, about how you can do that. And I've got a juicy, juicy interview for next week. I am so excited for next week's uh, interview. So I uh, share the podcast out and stay tuned and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button and check us out at foodsafetyuniversity.com. We have free food safety guides waiting for you. See you next time.